this is Nick Dawson, the editor-in-chief of TalkHouse Film, and you're listening to the TalkHouse Film Podcast. It's a good sign when you've been working with someone all day for months, and you still want to talk with them for a podcast. Michael Showalter's first film as a director in more than a decade, Hello, My Name is Doris, is out now. And to mark the release of this funny, sweet, and unconventional romantic comedy drama starring Sally Field, he participated in a conversation with a creative peer for TalkHouse Film. The person in question? stand-up comedian and Silicon Valley star Kumail Nanjiani, who not only has a supporting role in Doris, but is also the writer and star of Showalter's next movie as director, The Big Sick, hence why they've been spending so much time together recently. Nanjiani is a relatively new collaborator for Showalter. He certainly doesn't go nearly as far back with him as, say, Showalter's stellar cohorts David Wayne or Michael Ian Black, but the two still have their history. So, the pair talk here not only about Showalter's new movie and its tonal shift from his previous work, but also their first project together, the short-lived Comedy Central show Michael and Michael Have Issues, and how it marked a turning point in both their careers. Also discussed here, Showalter's tremendous love of money, the practical joke that Michael and Michael writer-performer Jesse Klein is still mad about, how Kamel's wife feels about his fights with Showalter, Doris's standing with a site called, I think, Spoiled Tomatoes, and much more. Hey, this is Kamel Nanjiani, Michael Showalter. Hi. Hi, Kamel Nanjiani. How's it going? Great. Uh, first of all, this is slightly awkward because we've been hanging out all day, every day. And For then the we, last, like, five months. Yeah, and then we have to, like, come into a room and then have a conversation. Yeah. Even though we've been talking nonstop for five months. Yes. We had to stop talking about uh, something very that we're working on to come... Yeah. Talk about something that we you that we were working on. That before. we were working on. We were talking about we were talking about something that we're working on now. Yes. To talk about something that we were working on before. Well, we first met um, was I don't know we probably met in the New York comedy scene. You yep. and Eugene Merman used to do a show together at Union Hall called Tearing the Veil of Maya. Right, but I think we met even before that. We probably met at Sweet. I think we met at, no. Show. I think we met at Invite Them Up. Oh, okay. Because I remember you were the hot new comedian in really? town. Yeah, no, you were the you were the 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 fresh piece of, <laughs> is, of comedy meat that everybody that, was talking about. Is yeah. that real? It's true. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it was okay. like who's this new guy? Like <laughs> who's this new that. guy? Yeah, he's really funny. I remember Eugene talking about you actually and oh. saying like, uh, he's there's this you know this new guy in town, Kumail. He's really really funny. Well, Eugene Merman, who's a hilarious stand-up comedian, um, was sort of like and still is the king of the New York alt comedy scene. He was like when I first moved there, Pete Holmes yep. and. Zach Alfanakis recommended me to him. Yes. Because I toured with Zach. And he sort of, uh, I did uh, invite them up a month after I got them. That was like the hot show. Like doing that show was like doing a TV credit. Uh huh. And he like sort of became a benefactor. Right. He like would pay me to open for him. Oh, and really? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I met you through him. Yes. And you gave me my first comedy job, which yes. is Michael and Michael yes. Have Issues, which is a very, very funny show on Comedy Central. And a lot of fun. And then we, but then I also met you that night at Sweet, the TJ night. Okay, we now, don't but need to we talk, don't need about, to talk that. about that. But now, did that was where in the in the chronology did that happen? Like, did we know each other yet? No, not really, right? I don't think we. You really might really. even have been still like in Chicago, or you might have like just gotten here when that. happened. Yeah, I mean, I was only in New York like slightly over two years, but uh, but Michael and Michael of issues was somebody sent me. I was sort of looking for writing jobs and stuff, yeah. and I heard that you guys had a show, and I was a big fan of. Yours and Michael Ian Black's, and they sent me this pilot for your show. Yeah, and it was like really, really funny. Yeah, 
It's like you guys have this fight on the lawn where you both take your shirts off. Yeah. But then don't really, we don't really fight. <laughs> you don't really fight. We're just posturing. <laughs> yeah. A lot just, of posturing. It's just posturing. Uh, and you're like trying to win over the affections of this intern. Right. Not the affections, but like sort of. We're competing him. for his, for his, for the, we both want him to be impressed because yes. he's writing an article. I think he's writing an article for his school newspaper and we both want to be like the subject, the interview subject. Yeah. But we wrote yeah. on that show, on that show, when I, I'll tell you, when I got, when I started writing for that show, I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is going to be my job for forever. Like, yeah. And now we, I'm going to be And writing. then we did seven episodes and then it got canceled. We started writing season two. Remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. We wrote it five really weeks. really funny. We got canceled during the writing process somehow. I know. It was a real bummer. That was actually for me a, a, a very big moment in my really making a decision to not act anymore. To, 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 that was sort of my last big, like, I think I want to be in front of the screen moment. And, and I really decided after that experience that um, it was both not fulfilling to me personally, creatively, and it also was not like clicking. Like I was not connecting with an audience as as an on screen uh, person, and that um, I didn't really want to do it anymore. And if you look at my uh, IMDb credits, you'll you see have, that the, there's a sort of a drop off happening. You have after. drifted behind the camera. I've drifted behind the camera, as you say. But then you were in a, in Wet Hot American Summer. I was in Wet Hot American Summer, but I had to be in Wet Hot American Summer. So you would rather not be in like if someone was like oh here's a big movie and want you to play this part in it you would say no I'd be inc very ambivalent about it that's the honest to god truth what was it about I mean, it I, I, and like, like I, I would do like if you offer me something like I would do it like I would do it for money like if you said you love money I love money I love money sure I love money well, one of your favorite things is money I don't have a lot of it but a I lot love of it. people know about it this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. a big greedy monster. No, I would love to get paid a lot of money to do something, like act in something. Because you love money. But I, but I would be very ambivalent and have been very ambivalent <laughs> about uh, what I would think, in a good way, most actors would kill for, let's say, an audition for a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Or uh, to be in a in a Aaron Sorkin show. Yeah. And I've had the opportunity to have like. And I'll good auditions for these things where I'm like, the producers are going to see you or the director or something. And I'm completely ambivalent. Like, I don't want to do that. That's and why, why do you think that is? And what is it about Michael and Michael that showed you that you didn't want to do that? It failed. <laughs> it failed. So it wasn't that you, the doing of the acting. Well, the, the doing of it was, it's, it, it was, it was like, I'll do, I like working with Mike. I love Mike and I have a funny rapport and I like the thing that we do. But like, I don't enjoy... I don't, and I'd be interested to ask you this, like it doesn't, as you're a writer and a performer, it doesn't, I never think about performance ever. I never think about, uh, oh, how am I going to do this scene? Or, or God, I, I never see a movie and think, God, I wish I could play that part. Or I never see a play and I go, God, I wish I could do that thing. I think only about the, the writing of it and the producing of it, the directing. And the, oh, the, wow. I've never seen a performance. In, when I was younger, I did. When I used to want to do yeah. improv or SNL, like, you know, I saw comedians and stuff. But but as I've gotten older, I have no connection to it other than just that I really admire a good actor. So I'll ask you that question. Do you do you think about acting? Like, do you think about wanting to play a great role and 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 like the project that we're working on now? Like, do you do you get up in the middle of the night thinking, how am I gonna do that scene or how am I gonna 
do all this stuff? Um, I will answer in two ways. We are opposite. One, um, every movie I watch, I'm like, well, I, I could, I could interesting. Do that. I want to do that, and I find myself sometimes mimicking. But uh, see, that's well, good. That's good. That it, tells me that, that that that's exactly what you should be thinking. If you're if you are a performer, that is exactly what I think you should be thinking. And what I learned I wanted to do acting was on Michael and Michael have issues because I just thought I wanted to be a writer, and me doing stand up was just the quickest way of getting my writing out there. I never yeah. thought of myself as a performer. I've, I'd always felt like I learned to perform enough just to get the writing out there. Yeah. So I was writing for the show, and you guys, if. You guys really wanted me and Jesse Klein, who was the other writer on the show, to act on the show. You yes. guys really wanted that. Yes. And I had to audition four times for to Comedy Central to play a character named Kamel, written by us. By you that was our writer on the show. Yes. I would go down to, I remember we had a production office. I would go to the different floor. And, and now you have your own show on Comedy Central. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. The, the, like, the, and they were like, who's this guy, Kamel? Like, we're totally, like, it was, it was, it's embarrassing how much we had to to like try to like talk them into casting. I was so impressed at how hard you pushed to have me on that show. Yeah, I auditioned four times. I would go down to the floor and I would see like young brown dudes reading sides written yeah. by me that had named Kamel on them. <laughs> that would happen all the time. I know. And the other thing that happened, I'll, I'll mention this, is so both me and Jesse had to audition to play ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And it was a process. I think it was harder for me than it was for her. But what you guys then did, you and oh, yeah, Mike, yeah, yeah. you and Mike Black did this, where you emailed her and said, "Hey, you got it, but Kamel didn't, and he doesn't know." And you emailed me and said, "You got it, but she didn't, and she doesn't know." And she, and we had this really, she doesn't. And know. you shared an office where you're literally where your desks were facing each we other. We were facing each other, where <laughs> it was like basically they said, "You, you guys said she knows she didn't get it. She doesn't know you got it." And told her the opposite, like, oh, he he knows he doesn't have it, but he doesn't know that you have it. Uh -huh, so yeah, we had to yeah, sort of be yeah. this thing of like, hey, it, so yes, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, yeah, it It sucks. created the weirdest dynamics. And, <laughs> and every 20 minutes, one of you would come into our office and be like, this is excruciating. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, can you guys tell her? And be like, we're just not ready to tell. We're not ready yeah. to tell. And then, and then you thought, when you finally figured it out, you thought it was really funny. And I don't know if Jesse to this day has forgiven us I, for it. <laughs> I felt a tremendous amount of relief and I did I was just so happy that it wasn't true and she was livid. so livid at you guys yeah which she's right yeah yeah it it's, was a terrible horrible a, prank <laughs> um, it's a terrible horrible prank but when I watch movies I always think of that and I do work on every single scene of every single as I know thing. as I know like, you do as I know every you do. like no matter how small the part is like even if it's like three scenes yeah. I sort of I do I like work on it and and I really really love it and doing it on Michael and Michael I realized I used to think acting was just I thought writing was the creative part and then acting was just you just doing somebody else's creative part but i realized that acting is a very creative thing oh yeah and, and it's a craft yeah and i and so i mean like i think what happened on michael and michael have issues was is i was like i think i'd rather write it and direct it and let someone who has more someone who loves this performing part more than me do that part yeah because i love the writing and the directing and the producing i love yeah. it um i could i could do it all day long yeah it's the which i think you having worked with me now for five months you see i i've endless amounts of of energy for it it's the other it's but but when it comes down to like getting in front of the camera i'm ambivalent at best yeah 
Um, I will say one thing that I learned writing for Michael Michael Have Issues was, well, two things. One, uh, that was the first time I wrote for a voice other than myself. And uh-huh. I found that to be quite challenging in the beginning. And I thought, I felt like I got better at it, or at least I became aware of that's what I needed to do. Because I would write jokes that would never, that would not make it in. And I realized it's like, oh, it's because I'm not writing in the Michael's voices. I'm writing uh-huh. in my voice uh-huh. and I can't do but that. But you were very good. You did a very, you did a very good job. The you. other thing I learned, thank you. The other thing I learned was, and I had, and I can specifically go back to the specific moment when I realized this, and it's still a lesson that's like so, so, so important is that you can fix anything. Yeah. The, I would always think like with stand-up, it's like if a bit isn't working, you lose it. Yeah. But writing, we were writing an episode and we, run in, we ran into a story problem. Yeah. And my instinct or what I thought. It's a dead end. I was like, all right, let's start over. And you guys like talked and talked and talked and talked and figured out how to yeah. fix it. And that was like a major epiphany for me. And it's sort of, you know, when while we're working on our movie together right now, that's something that we do every day. Okay, so now let's talk about Hello, My Name is Doris. Right. So to people who don't know you, it was a very different thing that right. you did where, where a lot of your other stuff like Stella, Wet Hot American Summer has sort of a heightened reality to it. Whereas uh, Hello, My, uh, Michael Michael of Issues, whereas Hello, My Name is Doris has a very grounded quality to it. Yeah. And to people who don't know you, that feels like a departure. Yeah. But knowing you, to me, it was not a departure because I know how much you love rom-coms and yeah. those kinds of movies. Yeah. So was that like something that you always wanted to do? Like, yeah. do you think that there's two completely different kinds of things you want to do? One stuff that's more, not spoofy, but more heightened and then one that's more grounded? Or do you see them as the same thing? I think that, well, I think, I mean, even Wet Hot has like some sweetness, some grounded sweetness to it. I just think over the years I've I've like wanted to like go further and further towards that and make it less of an exception to the to it. So in in Wet Hot there's like some sweet moments, but most of it isn't that. And I thought I would like to start to make it so that there's not sweet moments, but there's more non uh ironic quote meta humor and more like but I mean even Doris I think is a is a is an heightened universe. That is yeah. a, a that is a a, a comedic world that's not our own. It's not a totally recognizable world they live in. Right, but I would say maybe, and maybe I'm misrepresenting it, Wet Hot American Summer is more about creating situations where you can be funny, and that's the most important thing. There's some sweetness, like you, yeah. your character falling in love with Lake Bell, and that's all right. very funny, but that's also kind of heartbreaking. And it's, and it's, and it's based in some tragic... Yes. emotions and stuff like that. Right, yeah. but like sort of it feels like comedy is king in those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah, with, yeah. with Doris, it's a very finely tuned thing, but it, it feels like emotions yeah, are, yeah. are king. I totally wanted that. I totally wanted to, 100% wanted to get out of just doing the co- big comedy stuff. Yeah. I very much specifically wanted to to try to write a script that could be both funny, but also really dramatic in a way that nothing I'd ever done before had been. And so, and so that was in very much like the, the game plan with Doris and it took forever. It took years to write that script and, um, and you know, but, but like I, I, I have felt myself wanting for a long time to, to like go there and just trying to figure, like figure out like how the way in, like, how do I, you know, as I don't know if you've had this, but you know, you get kind of stuck in a in a in a in a place of like, well, this is what you do. You're the guy that does 
Wet Hot and Stella and that's who you are comedically or whatever. And 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 so you you, you kind of get stuck in that and you, you're trying to figure out like, well, how can I get out but stay in the same, you know what I mean? Do you know, do you know yeah, no, yeah, no, I exactly know what you mean. And that's kind of why like, even with stand-up, when I first started doing stand-up, it was, it was very like um, observational stuff. And then sort of later it became more stories and stuff because it's it, it sort of gets boring to sort of do the same thing when you know what your strengths are. And I do, it's going to sound very cheesy, but I like putting myself in situations where I feel uncomfortable. And that's part of what I enjoy about acting is that I feel like with stand-up, I know I can go up in front of a room most times and like do really well and I have that confidence. And with acting, I don't. I don't have that. Like yeah. I, I, I find it very, very challenging. Yeah. And that's kind of what I like about it. Well, it was interesting doing uh, 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 Michael Michael Have Issues, which felt like one of your first acting jobs. That was my first acting And job. you were very much like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. where am I supposed to look? Where's the camera? I mean, you literally were that guy that like oh, yeah. didn't know how to act. <laughs> no, at not all. at all. Um, I but, really had But no you idea. were very funny. And then... You were in Doris. You're in Hello, My Name is Doris. And you like created, you know, there was a role that was written there, but you kind of created a character who had much more complexity and depth than what we had written. And and it was amazing to see all those years later, you like being an actor in that movie. And like, you know, like you, you're, you know, you have some of my favorite scenes in that movie. And, and, and now working with you again now, like I do see like you've really evolved as an actor now. Oh, thank you. How did Doris come together? Like, what was the genesis of the idea, and how did you guys write it? And well, you know, uh, Laura, Laura Teruso made a short film when she was at NYU Graduate Film School. I was teaching there, and she uh, had made a short film called Doris and the Intern, which is a, a comedy, very funny comedy short about a kind of kooky old lady who has a romantic infatuation with a nineteen-year-old intern, and that was a lot of just sort of fan. Like fantasy and screwball, it wasn't. It didn't go into the serious stuff at all. Um, and there was just something about the character as a as a protagonist that I just thought I could immediately felt like there's a whole thing here. There's like a whole um, comic main character that I've not seen before, but that like f- feels like I have. And and so we just started the process of like building a story around her and. And some of the influences for me were like um, being the Chauncey Gardner character and being there. Yeah, I really like characters who are sort of accidentally funny or like you know who 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 sort of like don't understand necessarily how other people are seeing them or perceiving them. And so that's kind of a lot of what it was for Doris because she's so isolated and um, and troubled in many ways. She doesn't understand how she's coming across, right. and that gives her. Um, license to say things and do things that are that most people in real life don't do, and that's what you want with a with a, a comic protagonist. Is you want someone who's like doing stuff that normal people aren't doing, right? And and th- and that's where the comedy, for me anyway, the comedy comes out of like misbehaving. Yeah, and there are sort of, I mean, this is probably simplistic, but like two kinds of comic. Protagonists, one like Doris, who are funny, but they but they're not trying to be funny. And then there's you know the 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 commenter like Bill Murray, right, or right. something who's like the funny wise because, ass, the, the wise the, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of different types, but um, and that's something that we've talked a lot about in this movie we're working on together. Like, is this a person who's funny because they want to be funny, or are they funny because of the other reasons that you were talking about? I th- it, if you're asking me, which you're not, but I'm. I think he's very funny. 
Sure. And in a way, that's his. It's both the best thing about him, but it is also a, an Achilles heel for him. Right. Is that he doesn't know, he doesn't always, he doesn't know how to not be funny. Yeah, his his way of dealing with situations is to be funny and to comment yeah. on them rather than to actually experience them. Right, which things. is a very true thing for comedians. Like, yes. like, like, you know, we are never not, well, except for earlier today. Well, we, it's interesting. We But oh. by and large, we never stop busting on each other. We never stop. We, you're all, we're always in that place of of comedy, but except for earlier today. Except for earlier today. Well, what's interesting <laughs> is, and I was thinking about this, a lot of comedians I know don't want confrontation, and you are not like that. You are totally okay with confrontation. You are okay speaking your mind and just putting it all on the table, whereas, and I think that's, that's really good, but it is, it is not a quality that is shared by many people. No, and that it's not I that know. I like it. I don't like it. It's not that I enjoy that, but no. there is a, there is like a, I do have a little bit of like a, I can't bullshit meter. I just yeah. can't. And, and today's, just so people know, that today wasn't me versus you. Today not was you all. versus not with somebody else. Yeah. Well, somebody it wasn't else. even me versus somebody else. No, but you else. know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, but we've certainly had arguments in that room that I think like Emily, who's my wife and uh, is working with us and uh, her and I are the, you know, writers of the movie. Emily gets feels really awkward when you and I argue because it does get heated. Yeah. I don't think it gets personal, but it gets heated. Yeah. And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Like when that's done, I understand that it's it's all it's because we're all coming from the same place. We yeah. want to make the best movie yeah. we can. Yeah. But she I think that it makes her really awkward. Yeah. Feel yeah. really, really awkward. Yeah. Yeah. What's been interesting about this process is so in the in this room, basically, we should just say we're making a movie. We're we're making going to shoot a movie this spring. It's called. It's tentative. We shouldn't. Should we not even say what it's well, called? Well, it's tentatively called the Big Sick. Let's yeah, and say it's it. and it, you you and Emily wrote the script, yeah. and you're going to be in the film, and I'm directing the movie. Yeah, and Judd Apatow and Judd Apatow is producing the film. Barry Mendel, and we're going to shoot in New York. Yes. Oh, hopefully, very 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 soon. What's been interesting is it's based on a very personal story to something that happened to me and Emily. But so, so the first versions of the script were very, very true to the facts of the situation. And as we've, um, in rewriting it and getting notes from you guys, and we've, we've all like been in a room working on this together for five months, realizing that sometimes the truth of the situation means you have to heighten the situation. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's like, this is going to sound gross, but it's like, poetically and emotionally true, even if it's not like factually true. Right. And I find sometimes for me, I find I resist changing some things and I realize that a day later where it's like, okay, why did I resist that? Oh, sometimes it's because it's just not how I saw things yeah. happening. Yeah. But it's what's interesting has been, I don't know if you've noticed this, everybody's notes, so it's me, you, Barry and Emily in a, in a room and we get notes from Judd. You see in people's notes what their like things are, yeah. you know what I mean? You sort yeah. of start to see like, oh, okay, this kind of person gives this kind of note because this is the kind of, it's sort of insight into their character and yeah. personality a little bit. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been an interesting process. It has. Do you, do, so you like this part of the process. I, you love, like, it. I yeah. love it, I love it. It's my favorite, I mean, it, it's it's all, I, the, I'm very much of a journey is the reward person. Like it's, this is the part, this is the process. This is everything. It's interesting because I've noticed this about how, how you and I approach this, where like, this was yesterday. So we did a table read and it went really well, but it, it, the, we realized what areas we needed to work in, work on. 
And yesterday we figured out a certain part, which was, I would say, let's say it's step one of 10 steps that we have to take to get this to exactly where we want it to be. And you were like, when we did that first step and it all felt really good to us, you were in a place of like, oh, this is great. This is very exciting. We figured something out. There's more to figure out, but we figured it out. Where I only think about what's still left to do. Like in a way, it's like a... It's a pretty negative way huh, of thinking. Interesting. I don't think about like, we made this progress. This looks great. I'm like, okay, we did this, but there's like so much more to do. So I look at the empty part of the glass, yeah. whereas you look at the full well, part. Well, I of just the- have this like blind faith that we'll get there. Yeah, you have that. Yeah. I don't have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. truly have that where you're like, we, we find a problem and you're like, but we'll fix it, but we'll fix it. Yeah. Which drives people crazy, by the way. I well, did. no, but that's really good. I know, but I know, but I've worked with other people who like that attitude, which is totally my attitude. Like, don't worry, we'll fix it. We'll fi- it's going to work out. I don't know how, but it's going to yeah. drive some people crazy because it's like, well, but how? How's it going to work out? How's it going to work? And it's like, I just trust me, it will. But 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 it's not even you just you saying it. You truly believe it. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. If we stay the course, if yeah. we stay the course. I used to when I first did stand up. Uh, I would sort of wait for like inspiration to strike me and I wouldn't sit down and write. I would just wait for like something to hit and then I would do it. And if it worked, great. If it didn't work, it didn't work. Fuck it, it's gone. Realizing that making good stuff takes a lot of work and it's not a glamorous process. And it's very rare that you have those like lightning bolts of magical inspiration. It, It really is like sitting down and talking. There's like a... Working with you, I've realized to to scripts, there's like a math to it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also an aesthetic to it. Yes. There's an aesthetic to the process. Like I said, I mean, like this part is the creative part. We're cooking. We're in the kitchen cooking. We're, we're trying things out. We're, we're tasting our food. We're doing all these different things right now. And we'll like serve the meal later. But like this part is not a drag. And if you think of this part as a drag, not you. Yeah. Know, but if one thinks of this part of the process as a drag, you're fucked. So Doris is out, and uh, I think it's a. I, I love that movie. I haven't seen anything like it. I heard of this. There's this website. I've never even heard of it until uh-huh. just recently. What is it? It's called like um, Spoiled Tomatoes or I'm something spo- like that. The Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. I've heard oh, of it. Is yeah, that what yeah, it's yeah. Called? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd never heard of it before, but huh. apparently. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, is it? We're certified fresh, certified fresh, which I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but, but, but apparently, but if you had to take a guess, you mean like overwhelmingly positive reviews? Is it that seems good to me. How you would categorize it? You get a little. You actually are going to get a little trophy for it. That's what I hear. I hear you get a certificate for for being certified fresh. How does it feel like right now? It may, working on our movie, very different part of the process. With Doris, you worked on it for years. You did all the cooking and everything. You served the meal. Now it's yes. coming out. It's getting great reviews. Yeah. How does it feel? Is this a satisfact? Is this a satisfying part of the thing for you to it's see? It's bittersweet. It's yeah. bitter, very bittersweet, because I loved working with Sally Field in a way in ways that I can't put into words, and to see it now just out in the world and she's Sally Field again. You know, it's sort of like oh, she's uh, not Doris anymore. No, she's. It's more just like she's Sally Field. She's this huge movie star. She's not this, this is, person that you hang out with and no. work with. I mean, she is, but like, but to the, but it, it's like now I see her on like talk shows, like, and it's like, oh my god, this is like it's Sally Field, this Sally yeah. Field movie. I'm so proud of it. I'm so incredibly proud of it. Um, but there's that surreal thing of like being in bed at 11 o'clock watching her on Stephen Colbert talking about the movie. Yeah. And, and you're just like, I made that movie. Yeah. Was there some part of you that's <laughs> like when you work with Sally Field, you have to pretend like this is not Sally Field? Otherwise, well, you, can, you answer that question. You tell me. 
Well, uh, for me, it was easy. I was only there for a few days. She was very lovely. But yeah, for me, that is a big part of the process is like, oh, this is just a normal person. Like when I did, for me, the biggest thing was I did an episode of The X-Files. And so I get to work with like David Duchovny yeah. and Julian Anderson, who I've been a fan of, you know, for, for years and years and years and years. And part of my preparation for that, for doing it was not just looking at the part and working on that, which I did a lot of, probably too much. But it was also like trying to convince myself that these not were being just, a crazy fanboy and yeah, like that these are just two normal, regular yeah. people. I mean, I just as soon as she agreed to do the movie, my I very much realized like my main job now is to support her in her quest to give a great performance. Yeah, it was to acknowledge her acknowledge what her intentions were as 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 an actor which were to like give a hundred thousand percent of herself to this performance and then to like really quickly learn how to be a director that could provide that for her yeah and so that that's and then we, we we were very close but like I'm always in awe of her even now I mean I still am like never not aware of like who she is and what what she's what she means to to this industry and and the work that she's done her career. Are there parts when you're shooting where like, you know, it's like we got to get seven pages today and it's all busy and, you know, lunch is in a half hour. We got to get the shot and directing is a very, very stressful thing. Were there moments when you would see her perform and be like, fuck, that's how I feel. All or, the time. Every yeah. day. Every day. Every yeah. time we worked. Every time we worked. Yeah. Yeah. But there would also be times where it'd be like, because you know how it's it's very hard to do costume changes. Because you're every time you do a costume change, you, you also get you get remiked and yeah. all this stuff. You have to do the makeup again. It's like it, a costume change is a very laborious, uncomfortable. You thing. really hate all the business of acting. Oh, I hate it. But my point is, is that her character sometimes had to do five costume changes in a, in one day. Yeah, and. And that meant redoing her hair, redoing her makeup, putting, taking off all the costume, putting on a brand new costume, then then remiking, redoing yeah. the, all that stuff. And that's and the where, costumes are a big part of the character, right? And but I'm saying as the as Sally Field, the person is like, you really going to make me do another costume change? Like, yeah. like can't we not do this? Those were the hard parts where it'd have to be like. I'm gonna accept that I'm gonna piss her off right now. <laughs> like I have, I have to sometimes piss her off knowing that she's going to be annoyed at me and but that she'll get over it. Yeah. It's and a, that's part of it too. It's like, you know, you sometimes have to be the bad guy and like know that, oh, that know that the actor will get over it. I mean, know? directing is such a difficult job because it's not just creative. That's a huge part of it, yes, but it's, it's very also administrative. Like having to Yeah, it's, diploma it's diplomatic. Ship. Yes, yes. Which I like. Keep all these people happy. It's like you're in charge of But like, I like that. I like I like what's going people. on with the actors. I like what's going on with the costumes and the, I like all the different pieces. I'm interested yeah. in every piece of it. Great. Well, um, so Doris is out in theaters. All Hello, over my the name country. Is Doris. Hello, it's in every it's in it's all over the country now. Hello, every, anywhere is, where there's a movie theater, this movie is playing. Go see it. It's uh Sally Field is unbelievable. unbelievable. And Max unbelievable. Greenfield is fantastic Phenomenal. in it too. Tyne Daly. Uh, Tyne Daly is unbelievable yes, in it. Yes. I mean, it's a really, really like uh I, it's a lovely movie, and I was very excited to be a small part of it. So thank you for having thank me. You, for thank All you, Camille. Thank right. you so much. See you now. I'll see you in yeah, five I'll minutes. Yeah, I'll see you in five minutes. <laughs>
This is Nick Dawson from TalkHouse Film, and you've been listening to Michael Showalter and Kumail Nanjiani on the TalkHouse Film Podcast. This episode was recorded by Susan Vallett and edited by Elliot Einhorn. For more filmmakers talking film and TV, visit thetalkhouse.com film. Subscribe to TalkHouse Film and TalkHouse Music Podcasts on iTunes, where you can find all our previous episodes. And while you're there, please rate and review if you can.